2: I just thought I'd start off today with a fun little trivia because it's... Um, Jesus. It's not trivia. It's more just like... Uh, it's, just inf- it's just interesting, really, because I think it's going to be not, not too heavy. Like a quiz, right? Less yeah, trivia a bit of a quiz. Are we going to get A, B, C and D options? No. Ah, no. Well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think were the most violent venues in Sydney in 2012? So I've got a list of ten here, and this Good, uh, was this was released by the government. So they they do the most violent venues. New South Wales or Sydney? Uh, New South Wales. Ah oh. fuck, Could Scruffy Bay. Scruffy,
1: Scruffy Murphy's must be on there.
2: 2012. No. Mm. Was Coogee Bay? No. Ivy. Yes. Hey, yeah. come on. Ivy was number one.
0: Yeah. because Mar- they have such a big events. It's not their fault, anyway. Marquee. <laughs> no. Home. No. Is there one outside Sydney?
2: Well, Sydney. I think this is the point of me including the trivia. (laughs) Is (laughs) there all outside of Sydney?
1: What about Mount Druitt Pub?
2: Yeah, Parramatta and Penrith are in there. Yeah. Penrith Flags. No. Rudy Hill RSL? No. Fuck. So, do you want me to read out the 10 from 2012? Coming in at 10, Cheeky Monkeys, Byron Bay.
0: Oh, that place is <laughs> tiny as well. It's yeah.
2: closed down now too yeah. Yeah. You Used to
1: have the the silver seats on the dance floor <laughs> yeah.
0: like That is a miracle Given yeah. how small it is It is a miracle That's in the top yeah. 10
2: yeah. Um, I'll, I'll rush through the next couple Because they're not that interesting 9 someplace in Forrester 8 Port Macquarie Hotel 7 Cocktails Bar and Nightclub in Lismore 6 PJ Gallagher in Parramatta, five Penrith RSL, four Shore Club Hotel Manly. Wow. What even is that? I don't know. Mm. Violent and <laughs> then Manly. Get, get this one: New Brighton Hotel Manly. Holy, Holy shit! Yeah, wow. yep. yep. So random. So <laughs> fucking random. I saw this and I was like, yeah, that's why I want to include it. Two hotel, uh, Kent Hotel in the Hunter, and then number one, the Big Ivy. So what? What is the defining factor of this number of assaults? Okay. So yeah, and it makes sense that Ivy is number one because it's fucking huge.
0: Yeah, in the city. Mm.
1: But does it uh base? Does it? Yeah. Does it ratio the amount of assaults to the amount of people, or is it just purely amount of
2: assaults? Purely number of assaults. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> A cheeky Monkey would, would have been number one in that case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the Trademark Hotel in King's Cross came in at 16th. So, they were the only... The Ivy and the Trademark Hotel were the only ones in the metropolitan area of Sydney. Like the, the city centre.
1: That were listed in the top, whatever mm-hmm. it is.
2: Yeah, top 29. It seems like a loaded quiz. <laughs> oh, it's very <laughs> loaded. And now we have... 2019. Now, they didn't have a top 10. Then they were top nine. So, yeah. The, the way this list works is, it works is interesting. So, do you want to guess? Chuck out some in names. 2019. 2019.
0: pre-COVID. Is Ivy there again? Yes. I, I'm certain Scruffy Murphy's is there.
2: <laughs> no. <Coogie laughs> Bay. I swore Coogee Bay was known for being violent. Yeah. They were, they were in between... Like, 2017, 2018. But not they 19. Were, not just 19. missed the year. Rats. Yeah. Was New Brighton
0: there again? No. Yeah, I want to know how many consistently appear. Well, Does Ivy's, one, like, Ivy's is always number one. Yeah, that's... Yeah, okay. But, like, what about Liz Moore? Like, is that one <laughs> always in the top 10? Or did no. those have a bad year in 2012? Yeah, they,
2: they had a bad year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what What are the regulars that appear how many are the same in twenty nineteen as twenty twelve?
2: One, the just Ivy. Ivy. Yeah, shit, they're all different. And there's some there's some classic ones in this from Sydney. Yeah. All right. Um, I said home before. Nah. No. Star could Casino. you, you Pav. No. As if no. Star's not there. Nah. No. The Beresford. Is there one in Newtown? Don't worry, we'll get to the Star later. Is there <laughs> one in Newtown? Nah. No. The Beresford. Nah. No. Alright, do you want me to read it out? The Coast Hotel, Coffs Harbour <laughs> Penrith Leagues Club Ah, uh, not 2012, fuck The Belmore Hotel, Maitland The Argyle, Sydney Ooh. The Ivanhoe Hotel What? Tatlasal Hotel in Penrith Northies Cronulla <laughs> <laughs> Imperial Hotel, but in Tamworth Okay, yeah, that checks out <laughs> so more places so Sydney was uh, this is like not that important statistically but just more in terms of the most violent venues in Sydney it's funny that in 2019 there were considerably more Sydney venues than non-Sydney venues opposed to 2012 before the lockouts again I feel like that's a loaded point (laughs) I don't know I just thought it was interesting a fun fun little game what about the nominal
0: amounts there like, for example, Ivy's number one, but, like, did it go from 60 to 20? Does it say?
2: It did, but I didn't include
0: it. That's all right.
2: Yeah. I just thought that was a fun little thing. Because what we're talking today is about uh, lockout laws. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, I don't know, do you want the conspiracy theories at the start, or do you want the actual, like, <laughs> the objective, the objective facts I, I the want lockout? to know.
1: I want to know why they were brought in, what the logic was, why they were explained when they were
0: first implemented.
2: So, what, what do you guys remember about the lockout laws?
0: People dying from one punch knockouts.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah, that's all I remember. On the news, obviously that really tragic story.
0: But there wasn't just one. um, How many were there? There was five. Deaths from one-punch knockouts? Supposedly. (laughs) It's a lot, isn't it? In three three
1: years. There was that one key one. And I remember that as being... I would have only been 14, I think. And I remember it being all over the news. That's all I really remember from it.
2: Yeah, the family really got behind it.
1: Yes, yes.
2: But it is, yeah, on that note, I would like to say that we are going to be discussing real life names and real life scenarios. So if anyone's involved in this, like, it is a really sad thing. Like, what we're talking about is quite sensitive. Yeah. So it's, yeah.
0: indolences go out.
2: Yes. But yeah, it was five deaths in two years. Take a stab at uh, what time... You think these deaths occurred at, at night? Yeah, so it was five. Of them. They were the, the main five, like five in three years, was kind of the uh, the rhetoric used by the media. Well, I would assume late, but because you're asking the question, <laughs> <and> I <laughs> assume
0: they're earlier than I would imagine. So Go I'm going to guess about midnight.
1: I reckon around about. I reckon the average time would be like 9.30.
0: (laughs) Super early.
2: Yeah. So, there was one at 9pm, 10pm, 11pm, 2am and 4am. Okay. Wow.
0: It's a very different incidence. What's going on at 9? That is fucked. Yeah. That's far too early. Yep. 9pm. Yeah. Like, genuinely, most people aren't even out at 9pm. mm it was New Year's Eve so yeah okay. oh, that's he a will, bit
1: different isn't it yeah so the average yeah the average time is more like yeah midnight 1am
2: yeah not really but it's just so yeah. variable yeah. yeah
1: there's no average time really
2: yeah so I'll go through um some of the the stories now the first one that happened in 2011 was Callum Grant who's was 46 years old In King's Cross. And this is interesting. There was not a lot of information on this that I could find online. And one of the things was that the police released images of five people that could have been witnesses. And no one came forward. And they were saying that the incident occurred in a CCTV blind spot. And they were using this as an example for more um, surveillance cameras. Mm. So, I thought that was interesting and that's all you can find on this. So, more on him later. As Older we, as well. Yeah, 46. Apparently with his girlfriend, but yeah, that's all that's said. And then the next one, William Wilson to Castillo. Now, this is quite interesting. So, this happened at 11 p.m. in 2012 and he was 33 years of age. He was out with his brother And they'd been drinking all day. They get to um, the trademark hotel, Mm. and they're not allowed entry. And so this guy's brother throws a punch at some of the bouncers, and it absolutely escalates. Yeah. So it turns into this like brawl almost, Mm. and the brother is seen throwing a bench, or like a yeah like a a bench or a, a chair or something at the bouncer. The bouncers, like it's a, it's a brawl and punched this guy and he hit his his head on a taxi and and died. And one of the bouncers that was there, he didn't throw this punch that killed this bloke, but he was a part of it was John Hoppawati. Oh, wow. Which I thought was just an interesting. Yeah, it's just, what I, in that
0: context, so for the first two, what happened to the guys who threw the punch? Well, the first one's unknown, isn't it? Because it's yes. a blind spot.
2: This this one, then, so they know who threw it. What the punishments from memory? It was manslaughter. Okay. Or self, I think it was self defence. Like it, he was let off a lot easier. And this, he did jail time? I think, yeah, I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, but that was one of the one of the critiques of the increased punishments for the one punch rules was like. Well, hang on a second. If it's self-defense, like, why should you go to jail for seven to nine years?
0: That's right. Because was, there was a minimum sentence imposed. Yes.
2: And it was very severe. And so, this was an interesting case where it was like, well, yeah, fuck. <laughs> this guy's getting belted at. Like, belted at. He's getting... a bench thrown
0: at him. Yeah. It's always interesting. It's just such a tough moral question of where you draw the line between self-defense like it's easy for us to sit here now or me like the way i'm thinking is like fuck self-defense hurling a knockout punch like it's not always self-defense but by the same token it's like if you're being a bench thrown at you and punches being hurled like i don't know how i'd respond i haven't been in a fight (laughs) like i honestly don't know how i'd respond was it the
2: security guard it was the security guard yeah. yeah
0: yeah interesting and then there's the broader point here of like Some security guards are actually thugs. Yeah. But you can't confuse this incident with that. Yeah. It's it's a completely different scenario. We don't know the context. It's interesting.
2: Yeah. I thought so too. The next one was Lucio Rodriguez. And he was outside a kebab shop near Shark Hotel. Um, Shark Hotel
0: in the middle of the city.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... um,
0: not king's cross that's
2: interesting yeah so he's out on there's some random guy out on the street and he's having an argument with some bloke on the street and this lucio guy intervenes and the drunken man takes a swing misses and then gets him on the the second punch and he hits his head and yeah just like that dies yeah, he intervened on a bit of a verbal thing, and the guy retaliated, and yeah. And it was it the punch that killed, or is it the the punch? It's, it's the hitting the concrete. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. And this this guy that threw the punch, he um, he would just been at a Bucks party and been not let into Scruffy Murphy's. It's back.
1: The yeah, the reason why I brought Scruffy Murphy's up was because...
2: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, someone said that... Yeah,
1: that might have been the... Someone that worked there in the past. They, yeah, it used to be tagged as one of the most violent venues in Sydney. Mm.
0: That's why I brought it up. As, what time did that guy do? Did
2: he get off with... Uh, I'm not sure, but that was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, he definitely went to jail. Yeah. And when did that um, one occur? That was in... The, when or where? When. When in uh 2012 at 11 (laughs) p.m no no sorry 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 at 2 a.m okay at 2 a.m the next one tom kelly 18 year old in 2012 at 10 p.m he was walking along like the main strip of uh of king's cross and he was walking with his girlfriend and a few of his girlfriend's mates. This guy walks out of a bar and literally from behind without any knowledge of anything just cracks this guy in the back of the head and he oh, and he dies. That's horrific. So that's that's one of the ones where it's like, why would someone do that? Well, apparently he'd been kicked out of the star um, and was yeah absolutely pissed and I, I, I don't know the reasons why so, so he kicked
1: you out of the star and then went to king's cross yeah
2: and got went into a bar at, at 10 p.m. 10 which is pretty crazy yeah 18 year old yeah ridiculous so that's one of the that's one of the ones where it's like yeah that's that shouldn't happen that's fucked all of these that shouldn't You're happen shocked it did happen yeah Um, And then Daniel Christie, and this is the main one. This was the last, uh, the last draw. 18 years of age, 2013 at 9pm on New Year's Eve. He, uh, he's witnessed three young teenagers go up to this couple and try and sell the older couple drugs. They've made some joke about this bloke's girlfriend's appearance or something and he's turned around and started hitting these teenagers. And, like, apparently he's lifting them up, like, taking care of them. And then Daniel Christie's come over and said, mate, why are you hitting kids? And then just clocks him.
1: Wait, so go back to the start of that for a second. So, there were three... Teenagers. Teenagers that were trying to buy
2: drugs off the couple. No, they were trying to sell drugs. Oh. And then... This, this guy that they were trying to sell drugs to has started fighting them. And he, he was, he was a
1: martial arts professional, wasn't he? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Like a bodybuilder, martial arts. Christie. No. The guy who hit. Yeah. And so, yeah, Daniel Christie was unrelated to the teenage boys. Yeah. And was like, went up to him, was like, mate, why are you hitting kids? And then he punched him. Yeah, on New Year's Eve at nine pm. And where was where was this? This was in King's Cross. It was in King's Cross as well, right? So the the question that comes to mind is, and and this is, well, hang on, we'll, we'll say what laws came into place because Daniel Christie died in January, and then in February two thousand and fourteen. So a month after this, these laws came into place. No entry after one one thirty am. No alcohol sold at bottle shops after 10 p.m. No alcohol served after 3 a.m. And there's also some things about shots and, you know, taking ID, like really strong regulation on scanners and things like that. Um, Mm. And this this affected King's Cross, Darlinghurst, Cockle Bay, which is Darling Harbour, excluding the star, the rocks and Haymarket. Excluding the star. Which is interesting, right? Because we all know why that. <laughs> Please do tell.
0: Money, money, money. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, I would have thought the star would have been one of the most violent venues as well. Yeah,
0: well, I would have thought just by sheer size and the fact that it's open so late, there's just yeah. so much more likelihood that things can go wrong. Yeah, and you add the gambling, <laughs> you mm-hmm. lose money, the anger. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised.
2: Mm. so it's it's like these these rules are set in place what do you think like just to
1: clarify quickly as well so originally when those laws were brought in it was for specific areas in Sydney it wasn't Sydney wide that's right
0: well, Newtown was notably not bound by that yes and the argument was the violence would be pushed out and it wouldn't actually solve the problem I don't know but how true did. that is
2: yeah it is true.
0: Yeah. The assault cases spike outside of C- the CBD.
2: Yeah, and King's Cross. What was the total amount of assaults? We'll, we'll get it, we'll get into that later, but yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. But it's like, I I truly believe that like not truly believe, but there there were some there were good intentions, I think with the lockout laws. Mm. Like you guys spoke earlier about like what you When you guys were younger, hearing about what your parents were saying and stuff about the lockout laws, and they all thought it was good.
1: Do you have any information there on the... Yeah, was the rationale behind the laws as simple as we're closing venues earlier, stopping people from getting into venues earlier, so as a result, there'll be less people out drunk, and as a result, there'll be less violence was that the rationale or was it am i missing
0: something
2: yeah i i don't actually fully grasp the rationale behind doing it i think they I thought think that's that- what
0: it was hmm. just right. you, it's a disincentive to go to the place it's a disincentive to drink yeah just to be fair all these incidents have alcohol involved So the broader ethical point is like in our society, we live in everyone's I could be wrong, but in a non, in a democracy, it's like you should be able to do whatever you want insofar as you don't affect someone else. So it's like, you should be able to drink however much you want, but if you get too pissed, that you end up hitting someone and killing them. Well, that's not okay. So it's like, okay, what's the problem? It's same as, yeah, like speeding. Like I, yeah, it's fine to speed, but it's not if you end up killing someone else. So it's like, do you stop that original source? It's it's a very tricky question mm-hmm. of like the yeah individual autonomy versus how how much it affects other people. Because mm-hmm. the extreme this the extreme of this is you shouldn't let people drink alcohol because alcohol is a cost on society, health, injury, incidents like this. Yeah. So no one should be able to drink yep but we don't accept that because well no we've got individual freedom we should be able to drink if we want but there's obviously a line and that's why you'd argue Sydney's regulation and RSA is so much stricter because we've had these incidents in the history where we've wanted Mm -hmm. to wind back that autonomy because we've seen the worst side of it
2: yep
1: did you out of curiosity did you look at the amount of incidents there were like this in Sydney compared to other cities in Australia or other cities around the world
2: yeah, that's a very good question. I don't have numbers on it, but from some of the things that I read, it was a country... like There was a huge problem with assaults such as this in Newcastle. And I guess you could see from the venues that we described before that, yeah, it's not just a city problem. Mm. Yeah. And it's an alcohol problem. It's an alcohol problem. It, yeah. And th- there was something released like, a couple of months ago that was like some some uh, poll or survey that looked at how many days a week or how many days a year on average you get pissed and australia was by far i think it was double the average of the number of days that people spend drinking and it was the most drunk country in the world and what comes with alcohol is a the possibility or at least the ability to make people more aggressive and impulsive.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, (laughs) that's pretty ridiculous when
2: you think about it, (laughs) (laughs) but makes sense in some, some regard. Okay. So do you think in your own opinion, do you think the lockout laws were successful at achieving their aims?
0: Yeah, their aim was to just stop
2: king hits in the city. Mm. And they stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's because people were punching less hard? <laughs> no, it was just
0: less people. Which yeah. again, yeah, that was always how I read it. It's like the media would be like, oh, it's just pushed out. They've just changed. What are. But I was sitting there like, it wasn't their aim. Their aim was to destroy all activity and foot traffic. Like, it wasn't about per foot traffic. It was about mm-hmm. overall. It was absolute. Yeah. So, yeah, they achieved their goals. Whether that's that passes the cost-benefit analysis is probably the one that's harder to justify.
1: I'm, mm. I'm interested because I can't imagine it achieving their goals. Because the goal wouldn't have just been to reduce king hits. It would have been to reduce violence as a whole. And I can't imagine this reduced violence as a whole. I don't think it would have. But I'm interested to hear what
2: what well, the numbers right. drop
1: down to or if they even increase. Because I actually yeah. I actually think over the six years because, because the lockout laws encourage people to, one, drink faster because yeah. you know that you can't get into places in a certain time or you're going to be locked out. Well, fuck, I've got a shorter night. I'm going to drink a lot faster and make a bigger night out of it. The second issue is, and we saw it all the time, is when that venue... Closes early or is locked out. You've got a huge pool of people sitting in the one area, which not only does it take alcohol to be violent, but it takes a lot of other people to be around. Yeah. So I think it would have maybe increased foot traffic as a whole, but it would have localized at a lot of points in time where a lot of people were pissed and together because they they couldn't get to a venue. Well, they couldn't get into a venue. Well, they were getting kicked out of a venue more frequently.
0: But I reckon those points were all offset just because there was so many, so many less people.
1: But I want to, I want to know what the what the violence yeah, what, numbers were. What, did they, did they yeah.
0: actually decrease or not overall?
2: Well, it's it's interesting, and this is I think you guys can both speak to this. Is you can use data, you can manipulate data in a number of different ways, mm. and it's <laughs> particularly in social um, phenomenon. It's so hard to see cause and effect just because there's so many variables. Yeah. Yeah. But some of the some of the interesting statistics are like emergency visits. Yeah. So emergency department admissions reduced by 29% between 1 and 3 a.m. but rose between 9 p.m. and 12 a.m. by 25%. And the total number of admissions increased.
0: Although there's something with stats here where it's like, you know, if you go up, if you go down by 25%, mm-hmm. you need to go up by 50% to offset it.
2: Yeah, but it's it's like, uh, what is it? Reduced by 29%, it's like 29% of 10 versus up by 25%, 25% of 15. Like, do you know what I mean? So no,
1: so again. So, it's the numbers originally from 9 to 10, from 9 to 12 oh. were higher. Yeah. is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So,
2: it's offset that yeah. there were actually more um, emergency department admissions.
0: What, is that emergency after. department admissions in where? Like across,
2: across Sydney. Okay. So, total. Total. What about in the city? So, in St. Vincent's. Um, Surely they went down. Surely... <laughs> In uh okay, where is it? Yes, they did go down. Yeah, okay. And there's a huge spike, interestingly enough, in two thousand and twelve and twenty thirteen. Yeah, so right. it's like I'll show you the I guess you can I can show you the graph now. Where's Jamie. But you can see some hu- a yeah, huge a spike. That's in twenty
0: twelve, twenty thirteen, yeah. So they
2: spiked upwards? <laughs> Just for two years. Okay. Mm. But then after that, that big spike there in two thousand
0: and thirteen. It's weird. Do people think that's random, or is that a causal thing? I don't know. I
2: think that's uh, open for discussion. Very interesting. Mm. So that's that's hospitalisation. Um, yep. This is uh, this is interesting. So in. In the five years, non-domestic assaults in King's Cross decreased by 53% and in the CBD, 13%, while neighbouring suburbs increased by 18% and the peripheral suburbs increased by 30%. However, the total number of assaults decreased throughout the city. They did it! Yeah. What was the total down by? I don't know.
1: So they de- so they decreased in the city,
2: but they increased outside of the city. So it decreased the city as a whole, but in the C B D and King's Cross, they, they decreased considerably. But like places like um you know, Surrey Hills and things like that went up by eighteen per cent. But then Bondi and Newtown went up by thirty. And
1: what was the net? Was the net across Sydney
2: less? Yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Interesting. Um, But again, this is back to your original point, like how you use statistics. It's like, okay, well, yeah, let's say that assaults in King's Cross is down by 53%, but what about sales of drinks as an indicator to suggest foot traffic? Like there's oh. there's estimates to say that foot traffic was down by seventy yeah. percent in the cross. Yeah. So it's yeah. like actually when you yeah. look at it relatively, yeah. Um, it's actually gone up, like yeah. assaults per person or per ten thousand people.
0: Yeah, but I I get I reckon like the point, and I can't I actually sympathise with it. But the point wasn't per person; it was just absolute. They they wanted you to, they wanted less people to drink in general. Yeah. Mm. And to be fair, they,
2: whether you like it or not, that was a success. But the other thing too is like, the other things to keep in mind about this is assault. This is reported assaults. Yeah. So like if you're now moving to house parties, a lot of those assaults won't be reported. Yeah. It's just a thought.
0: Yeah. Well, I was thinking that with the Ivy, like are the Ivy just really good reporters. (laughs) <laughs> the <laughs> assaults.
2: they yeah, up like, front with police. They probably are. Yeah. That's another really good point. Yeah,
1: but I guess you you have to take the report to the grain of salt because you've got to consider that. I think the easiest way to look at it all would be to consider the re, the reporting of them were consistent among venues the whole time, because otherwise it would just get too
2: confusing. Oh yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And he so on on that statistic, right? So who who does all these statistics? bosca the new south wales Bu- bureau of crime statistics and research so in 2019 sydney university did a review of the government's data and found very different results so what they used was different um analysis techniques so the zoning of what actually is king's cross yeah. and what actually is the cbd <laughs> and they uh found something very different <laughs> wow! They found that assaults only decreased in the CBD by four percent, and they're awaiting the data about the cross. Wait, that's
0: t- Sydney
2: Uni did that study. Sydney Uni did that study.
0: So they four re- percent CBD, and they're awaiting. What yes. are they waiting on? Well, I don't know. Still waiting. So <laughs> interesting. Yeah,
2: it's, it's. I'll I'll link the Sydney Uni um, page where they discuss this, and they say that yeah the. Analysis methods used by Bosca was ineffective and wrong, and the wrong type of sampling. So
1: they, <laughs> so they used a different zonage for the CBD prior to the lockouts compared to after. So they made the zonage smaller, essentially, or
2: cut out key areas. Something to that. Uh, I don't know if they changed it, but it's just the way in which they organised their data was apparently incorrect
0: pretty damning who was doing it at Sydney Uni what department is out of interest
2: yeah that's a good question I can find those details probably out probably the you. data department Josh.
0: but i no, wonder <laughs> if there's an agenda at Sydney Uni where it's like <laughs> yeah it's 19 year old 20 year yeah, old it's the, the, the drinking society, society. <laughs> <probably> <laughs> at Sydney Uni
2: no, the the uh <laughs> It's it's called the Lockout Laws Review Shows Vital Role of Transparent Data Analysis. Yeah. I think wow. one of the things was that they didn't make clear that there were uncertainties in the data. Right, okay. And yeah. so they based it off assumptions that were incorrect and they shouldn't have used those assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. The other one is... Assaults were actually decreasing before the lockout laws were introduced, and this is in King's Cross. Yes, overall. In King's Cross. Yeah, there was a downwards downwards trend. But the bad ones. From nineteen ninety eight to two thousand and fourteen, there was a downward trend.
0: Does that align with downward trend in overall drinking? Because I know people are drinking less now.
2: Possibly, I I don't know. Because
0: I know, like young people, apparently just don't drink as much. Mm. I wonder if there's a correlation with that. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me.
2: So, I, I, I thought about... Because we we always think that lockout laws are specific to Sydney. Ooh. So, there's two Ooh. other examples of where <laughs> lockout laws happen. Gla- gl- Glasgow 1992 and Ballarat 2003... More importantly, Ballarat it was a ten year lockout and guess what time their lockouts started? Eleven PM. No, I nah. like
1: like seven or eight PM. It was something ridiculous.
2: Three AM. Oh, 3 uh, AM. Oh, right. Not much of a fucking lockout. <laughs> hey, actually,
1: that doesn't make any sense to say seven or eight AM for ten years, eight PM. But yeah, three AM. It's not really a lockout, is it?
2: It's like that's what City well, time... like Now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without the lockouts. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny after five years they like used all these different suburbs to like calculate whether they were on track with you know normal rates, and while all the other suburbs decreased their hospitalizations, Ballarat with their lockout increased. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah,
1: it's was Ballarat already increasing? Did it like compared to what the the, mm. the growth was before? Like how did the growth compare afterwards? Do they say? not sure no, but, it, no. was, but it, just, it was it just increases the point
2: it, one that it increased yeah. which is just ridiculous and then two comparatively to other suburbs in in victoria of equal population size and alcohol density like alcohol uh, licensing densities they um they all went down without <laughs> the lockouts tell me about the one in glasgow i'm interested with this one glasgow was yeah in 1992 because there was heaps of stabbings right (laughs)
0: now slight side topic that's what i was gonna say about king's cross i thought king's cross had shootings and shit
1: pre-2014 then i'm pretty sure that was associated with with
2: bikies and all the Mm, bikies that were hanging around that area and, and considered Stabbing. less of a random act of violence. Yeah. And that was more like organized crime.
1: Yeah, which is probably one of the... Probably more what they were trying to actually
2: get rid of when you think about yeah. it,
0: maybe. The, the, what were the stabbings considered? Like random acts of... Not necessarily.
2: Not I I couldn't find that.
0: Yeah, yeah. But there were stabbings. Gee, um, that's fucking another level, isn't it?
2: And part of the part of the problem with this was... They, yeah, what time, I can't remember if I wrote down what time they locked it out till. Could have been midnight or 12.30. So, it was like fucking okay. harsh. Yeah. And it was in for fucking ages. I think they might have lessened it over time. Um, but yeah, a- again, the same thing. Foot traffic was considerably down and yeah, didn't affect hospitalizations because people were having underground raves and the 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 stabbings went down considerably but it's the same it's the same type of thing like are those stabbings getting reported um in the same manner as when they happen in nightclubs so there's an argument to say like at least if it happens in a venue it can be reported and acted on by the legal system yeah to some extent so i thought that was i thought that was interesting we can let's go how long did the glasgow one last for Something like 10 years. But I think it changed, like, it lessened considerably after the first year. Okay. And so, the
1: same length as the one in Ballarat, about 10 years.
2: Yeah, roughly. What was the one you were telling me about that was two two months? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some ridiculous ones as well. No, because what I was talking to Cal about was an ABC article was doing the... um like pre other examples of lockout laws and they're like yeah yeah suburban pubs in new york also don't allow you to buy alcohol after 11 p.m it's like a suburb sounds pretty reasonable (laughs) 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 it's not really the same as 10 p.m across the whole fucking city Yeah. yeah um so that's kind of like the like the landscape the context so i have some conspiracy theories I th- yeah. Well,
0: go then- to the bathroom. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> cool. Are we back? Back from the intermission. <laughs> and a needed intermission. And now that, it's was about a to lot, that was, was a <laughs> lot to deep take in. A dive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I feel like we're doing a Daily Oz explainer. <laughs> <laughs> We should, we should actually put on together Taking the Piss out of the Daily Oz. Here's what you need to know about Sydney Lockout Laws <laughs> and have the voice recording between the slides. <laughs> Did you watch those ones? No. Yeah, they do. So they've got the ones where it's just the cards, and they've got the other ones where it'll be a voice recording and they'll be like, watch the next slide to see what I'm talking about. Oh, slide. Yeah, yeah. Now you're back. <laughs> no way. They do. It's actually kind of cool. It's a good way of using it. Yeah. And it's never been done before. <laughs> they're real innovators, the Daily Oz. Well, their followers would imply so. Fuck, they're growing quickly. Yeah. Digestible news. <laughs> Look at us, non-digestible. Digestible. <laughs> it's just stat after
1: stat yeah. after stat. You need a notepad yeah. and a pen to follow along with this. because <laughs> my. I think we almost need to summarize some of the key takings from that half an hour.
2: Yeah, we'll put up the PowerPoint.
0: <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be in the article. <laughs> yeah, do Daily
2: Odds, refer to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Conspiracy theories. Okay. So, you know, the lock... Firstly, do you know when the lockout laws finished? 2019 February.
1: Just before COVID. Two or three weeks before COVID lockouts came in.
2: Just for the CBD, January
0: twenty twenty. Yeah, okay. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah is just before. Just
2: before yeah, COVID. Yeah, okay.
0: Just for the city, not for the cross.
2: The cross. March twenty twenty one. So my theory is, the government abolished the lockout laws around COVID times, so no one would notice.
0: Yeah, that's in my opinion. I don't even think that's a conspiracy.
2: Really, they fucking slipped it through, and it yeah. wasn't
0: wasn't even a a thought. Because COVID was just so dominant. When when was the cross one? March when? Twenty twenty one. It's harder to justify the original though, because that was pre-COVID.
2: Well, COVID was definitely around in January.
0: Remember, around, but not. I I remember acutely because I was in the office and shit, and was following the markets, and that's why where the main attention was from overseas january was there but like yeah but fab was like oh, okay
2: here we go i wonder where italy was at that time because you remember when bad. italy happened it was bad yeah bad. and that was and like they're all sending videos like hey, covid's coming for you this will be you in three weeks and it's yeah, just yeah. yeah but i i
1: don't want to believe that the government saw covid as an opportunity in all that pandemonium to go you know they had on the back burner fuck we've got to figure out a way to yeah, get they these wouldn't out. the first batch out. i don't want to yeah i don't want to think that
2: it's a conspiracy theory <laughs> yeah. it's
1: you're not meant to believe it no but the second one like that makes sense because it's like pff,
2: no, no one's one out, going out so it just they've
0: got even worse restrictions exactly. on fucking bars and
2: clubs yeah, exactly. it makes them seem like legends oh you guys yeah. are all locked out you can't go out but you know when you're allowed out yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can go out for longer
1: well, and what was the rationale between for un, undoing them?
2: Well, yeah, I saw a statement by Gladys, something about improving the economy um, despite locking it down for. Yeah, long. Some, something like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which government out of curiosity introduced them? Was it labor or liberal? Liberal Mike Baird, I believe. Mm. could be wrong, though: The other that thing could be that,
1: wrong. The other thing I just googled as well, because I know I asked the question at the start and I wanted to to fix my curiosity and to get the actual statement that was said in Parliament for why they were in place. And yeah, you were you were bang on. To quote, the stated ob- objectives of Sydney's lockout laws are to reduce alcohol-related
0: violence and improve community safety.
1: So that was... Did Baird
0: introduce it? Was it Mike Baird? Because I met his daughter, actually. Went to New Zealand with her. Really? Yeah. Is there more to that? No, just <laughs> <laughs> it was more just you'd listen to her as the daughter, and you'd listen to a few friends who knew Mike Barrett, and they're like, yeah, Mike Barrett was just a really nice guy. I yeah. think like it was, he took it so to heart, like all the negative feedback. Really? Yeah. I think it was Barry O'Farrell.
1: Yeah. It go. was the premier in two thousand thirteen when they were introduced. Yeah. Was it two thousand thirteen or two no, thousand fourteen? Two
2: thousand fifteen.
1: Oh, the Lockout Laws were introduced in two thousand fifteen. That was fourteen, wasn't it?
2: Hang on, let me go back to the things. Look up, yeah, look. I'm um, just, I want to know. Yeah, what no, it was. no, 2014. You're right. You're, was it right, Michael, you're right.
1: Was it Baird? So, but hold on a second. The the King hits happened in 2013. Oh, it happened in December 2013. So, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, for it yeah, to roll yeah. On. yeah, it was Mike Baird and Barry O'Farrell. They were both, because Barry O'Farrell got done for that. <laughs> Giving that champagne to someone
0: or something, right? Giving gifts? Oh, yeah, vaguely, yeah. <laughs> Is this another a conspiracy theory? No, no, he actually, you got, <laughs> got done. You got done, done. For giving gifts. He was a of Red or, I don't know, though. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it was one of the two of them. Because yeah. it might have been Barry, because it would have happened early
0: 2014, right?
2: 2000... Yeah, early 2014. Yeah, well, early. So, maybe it was Barry, yeah. just before Mike Baird came in.
0: But Mike, yeah, Mike Baird had a, had a horrible run of, like... He was called Casino Mike. Yeah. Had the Greyhound thing where he backflipped yeah. the two of the spring to mind, but he got hammered. Yeah, right. Just got too much for him. <laughs> Walked away.
2: Probably. Really? Yeah. yeah. Tough yeah. gig. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so, yeah, okay. so like, first, con- yeah. first conspiracy. So, well, it's theories. hard
0: to justify that conspiracy given the first ones was like pre-COVID.
2: Well, I would argue that COVID was... A global issue that had a lot of eyes and media attention, even in January. Yeah. It is a weird time to reintroduce But The, the other thing is the government would know more things than the media says. So, they probably had information. Oh, I'm just saying this. Here. I'm putting my tinfoil cap on. <laughs> the government <laughs> probably had inside information. Hey, there's this really infectious disease. that's spreading like fucking crazy. And it's like, oh, maybe we can use this opportunity to... Uh, slip some things under the rug
0: is that something you just literally it's there at the top drawer yeah waiting it's for like, yeah, right go, like yeah we got ready to go like i don't how, i don't, get, I, don't <laughs> I don't actually know the process yeah. and how difficult it is
2: to pass that stuff yeah that's but, what I, I need some more context on. Well, yeah. this leads into my next point maybe reading sydney uni's damning article on how the uh the data was wrong maybe they've gone fuck. when was that released 2019 what month fuck i can look it up but no no but, but is
0: it like if it was december it'd be like oh fuck we're wrong instantly change but if it's like january it takes a year to change it's like oh it's hard it's hard on the stomach and why are they still waiting on king's cross Okay,
2: yeah. How about like the this? data's okay. either there or it isn't. Yeah. Okay, so the the lockout laws, this this Sydney Uni article, thirtieth of October no, two thousand nineteen.
1: Yeah, well so it's quite close. Wait, what, in, what month? October. October the thirtieth oh, of October. The 30th. Sir. Oh, that's
0: believable. That's yeah. believable. Yeah. <laughs> October. What is it? Eating humble pie. <laughs> and then change it three months later. Too bad yep. you could it's good policy. New data came out, yeah. they changed their <laughs> minds. Yeah. 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 And what it's a better. good work.
2: W- well, the point is, what a better time than COVID? Anyway. Yeah. So that's, that's the first one. The second one is BOSCA, if you remember that acronym yes, correctly, yes. the Brewer of Crimes S- Statistics and Research. They intentionally manipulated their data to make lockout laws seem more effective than what they were. Holy shit. How were they
0: found to do that? What?
2: Intentionally. De- found I'm to- saying it's a conspiracy theory. Oh. <laughs> and this is-
0: I thought you were saying it was found. The no, boss no, no, intentionally- no. I'm, okay. I'm
2: the one that's finding this out. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because this is that Sydney Uni article. Re- reviewing their analysis. Well, who, who
0: funds Bosca?
2: The government. It's the bureau, bu- oh, bureau. Yeah, It's an arm of the government. And so one of the one of the conclusions of this Sydney Uni article was that there should be independent data analysis of crimes.
0: Isn't this funny? Because I reckon there's a lot of people listening to that and being like, yeah, that makes complete sense. The government are funding it. They're skewing it to show it's what they don't want. <laughs> What about the climate funding? Wow. Is it the same? And I'm... I'm, I'm I don't mean anything by this. Wait, but, the, <laughs> but government, the
2: government doesn't do climate change policies. But do they fund the ones that do research? To, to what? Same type? as Bosca.
0: Like, the government funds Bosca, and then Bosca comes up with a result, and, mm. oh, look, it just so happens to fit the government agenda.
2: Yeah, I don't think they do... I think i i can't i'm just assuming but i think that those climate studies happen at university
0: yeah who knows but i I wonder like how deep this runs like how many how many data points do the government run
2: to the point where where is the incentive
1: can i can i jump in here sorry to steal your thunder jesse but i just jumped onto the bosca website and Friday the eighth of August, twenty nineteen, they actually updated their statistics to what the Sydney Uni study was themselves,
2: wow. and then they changed the lockout laws not long after. Yeah,
1: so Bosca, yeah, update to, to yeah, decreased four percent in the CBD precinct, and it decreased fifty three percent in Kings Cross, but increased by 18% in a ring of suburbs ne- neighbouring the lockout zone, which was Newtown, Double Bay, Bondi Beach and Coogee.
0: Which is what you said. Yeah, which I said in... Th- so, it was more they got the CBD wrong.
2: Because well, they originally had 13% down. Well, in this Sydney Uni article, they said that they don't have the King's Cross data. data. Which is to my point, why don't they have that data? They're manipulating this data as to make the lockouts laws seem more effective than what they really are yeah it's just a conspiracy theory it is yeah. i'm i'm not actually this like closely connected to this <laughs> um, you can think that they're wrong or yeah i'm just uh, no, I'm on,
0: yeah i just i want that point to generalize like it's all well and good for me i want to believe this conspiracy <laughs> theory but then there'll be people who are sitting back and like Oh, but I won't believe it if it's something like climate change because I'm all I'm all for climate change, so I don't believe that conspiracy theory. But this one, because I'm anti-lockout laws, I believe this one.
2: <laughs> no, because I I think the climate change one is a different one because at the moment, like this this is crime statistics, which is what they use as evidence to inform their policing decisions. Yeah, and legislation. So it's very much a government thing. Um, whereas, yeah, climate control I arguably should be a wing of the government, but it's I don't think it is.
0: I guess it, it just goes to show that anything where, well, oh, pff, the conspiracy theories may not be true, but let's assume <laughs> yes, yeah, okay. for argument's sake that it is. Yeah, it goes goes to show the conflict of interest of mm. government funding research. Yeah, it's just gonna. Like, if you're in power, it's like, you're right, I'm going to fund some research to justify this policy yep. because I just want the policy. And you might want the policy because you're getting paid fuck tons by coal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I'm going to fund some fucking data. Just, hey, I need to look favorable to coal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, run away. Numbers,
2: beauty. Well, go- well, in, in that case, governments definitely do fund university research. For sure. So in mm. there's just a few extra steps, and it's probably a little bit further apart. But yeah. yeah, the fund. See, this is the thing about data and statistics. Yeah, it's fucked, isn't it? Like you, actually, it's actually quite hard to understand what those numbers mean, yeah. and how difficult it is to prove causation. Yes, because the other thing in all of this, and I don't think I've really touched on this, is that the police presence was escalated significantly. So, any results that are given by the lockout laws could also be as a result of just more police being around and therefore less fights happening. So, it's yeah. like... or oh, Whatever the facts were, like the assaults were down. Yeah. It's so like, yeah, because they're not fighting in front of fucking police. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> they're dumb and they're not that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So but that- I, think, I, I think the the, the, the broader...
1: And we're obviously using the word conspiracy here, ironically, but the whether the data was tampered with or not isn't really the point. It's more the point that in 2019, when they when Bosca re-released that data, when you weigh it all up in terms of the fact that, yeah, King's Cross decreased by 53%, but really that it was only because they killed the area and there was no yeah. one there there was no one going there and it was the, just yeah. and completely the, quiet
2: and the police presence
1: and the police presence was extremely high but when you when you look at it and see that sydney dec- the cbd decreased by 4% like to me that's neither here nor there like i'd say there would yeah. be variations over time by 4% in Not, yeah. in any 7 year period mm. if you go back and far enough yeah. and the fact that it increased um in Newtown, Double Bay, Bondi Beach, and Coogee just shows that the problem just shifted into other areas. So I think the key point here is more, more or less that, yeah, the lockout laws didn't work. What I'm more interested in mm. is whether or not when the government introduced those lockout laws, whether the intention was actually to reduce violence or was for other intentions. Because, uh, like, looking back on hindsight, like, it makes... These statistics make a lot of sense that... Yeah, well, if you close down these areas, you're not going to stop people from drinking and going out. They're just going to be going to other areas and the violence is going to be happening in other areas. And I think that makes a lot of sense, like a lot of common sense. And I think a lot of people in government would have actually known that at the time that, yeah, like if we close down King's Cross, we're not going to really reduce the amount of people going out. They're just going to go into other areas. So I want to know if they knew that at the time and there was different motivations for introducing the lockout laws.
2: Callum, you're stealing my conspiracy theory. Oh, sorry. But on
0: that, like, I don't know. I I wouldn't take for granted people having that. I think it's easy in hindsight to be like, oh, it's as if they didn't realise and just move out. I think there was a sin... Yeah, I'm open to believing that there was a sincere intention to shut down this dangerous precinct it's highly emotive those stories jesse was saying are yeah. highly emotive yes and that just takes over so you, you get it's easy to get hijacked with those two stories and yeah. the, with these sincerest intentions i want to sh- shut down a dangerous precinct and a yeah. dangerous area yeah and you feel like you're actually doing really well doing the right thing in hindsight yeah it seems stupid but at the time i, I can believe
2: i i actually c- completely agree with that and it was an emotional decision rather than a logical one. That's why it's so easy here in whatever year it is to look back and mm. go, look at all these logical points yeah. that were wrong. They didn't listen to the evidence of pre- previous examples, blah, blah, blah. There's all these things, yeah. but the emotional impact of it at the time. That's I, 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 I
1: mean, I'm going to be a little bit more blunt here and say that Parliament should be the one place where emotion isn't taking over any decision that's being made.
2: No, it's the public outcry. So it's about getting re-elected. So if they democracy, yeah, if they if they don't appease, mm.
0: why? Well, benevolent dictators, best. <laughs>
1: yeah, <like> that, genuine. <laughs> and that makes sense. I guess the voting power is yeah. in.
0: It would have yeah. There would have been a lot
1: more people for them based on those emotive decisions than yeah. against them. That's and the, it's honestly which the it was conundrum. the statistics that you brought up in the UK. We should just shut them when they release that poll yeah. in the UK. Silly. Should we just sh- yeah shut down nightclubs for good? 40%. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. Oh, that, okay. in
0: don't quote me that 40 but it was just obscene. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I'm going to take a different approach to what you just said, Callum, even though I uh, completely agree with you. Um, I don't think that it was a, an emotional decision. I think it was a calculated one. Oh. The lockout laws were strategic in order to gentrify the King's Cross precinct. Why King's Cross specifically? Well, you're one stop away from Martin Place on the train. You're right next to Rushcutters, Potts Point, the city. You're in one of the, like, some of the best views on a little hill looking out at the the city and at the other direction, the harbour. It's, um... And it's, it's one of the last suburb, inner city suburbs to become gentrified. And, like, I remember going around the cross, you know, back in 2014, 2015. It was, it's gross, and it's still kind of gross today. You've got to give me more than this, though. Cause no, I no, get- because, no, because you think about all the strip clubs, all the homeless people, all the druggers, all the noise and all the ridiculousness. People didn't want to live there. And so... In, t- in 2015, there was a huge housing boom where housing prices can increase significantly. So, you imagine if you, okay, quieten the area, get some developers in, knock down some yeah, nightclubs. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm happy. And yeah, then, yeah. Developers. There's you know, money. Money. That's <laughs> what that's exactly. Why my,
0: that's, why push, that's my push back point. So, I get it if there's money, like developers. Yeah. I get it if there's someone in parliament passing it Who's about to buy a house? (laughs) And but I also get to a lesser extent like that. It's like a stain on Mm. the city and Mm. crime and
2: no. But see, that's that's the reason why people don't want to live there and they don't want to develop because it is this rough area. Whereas you know, you get rid of the uh, riffraff, you put in a a couple of nice apartments, and suddenly you know every time you know a house is sold or bought and all those things capital gains tax the you know you do a couple of well it takes a few developers
0: to throw some money at
2: yeah some yeah the, of the decision
0: makers the night the nightclub
1: owners and nightclub community don't really have much of a say in this domain either do they
2: well yeah just whole hospitality workers yeah
1: yeah it's unfortunate
2: yeah so that's that's my that's my conspiracy is that it's a scapegoat to gentrify the King's Cross and, yeah, cash in on the housing boom of 2015.
1: So, yeah, so your your theory is they they sat back and they saw the outcry and it was a two-pronged approach. One, if we do make these changes, we're going to have a much higher voting power in the next election because the majority of people, they obviously would have done surveys, Mm. want these lockout laws. Mm. And then it was supported by all these other factors of, yeah, two... Mm. Did they know a housing boom was coming, though? like, uh,
2: No, but it was it was currently, currently happening. happening. And then well, well, that
1: will help. So it was all these different factors that said, yeah, let's just put them in place. Um, because, yeah, we're not...
2: Why, why not? Well, again, the, let's take the assumption that the government knows more than we do. 2012, 2013, house prices start to increase. They start cutting interest rates. That's not the government, though. Well, let's assume that they're all in on it together. Oh, no, <laughs> We're all, come on, come on, come get on! Get on, a, tin we, a tin foil baby. Let's assume they're all in on it together, and they're in just, on it now. Just oh, pack them up, pack them up, baby. Well, fuck the
0: houses, <laughs> fuck them.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a topic for another time, I suppose. But uh, yeah, the, you you get inside a word that you know the housing boom's coming. You're just looking for an excuse. They run their algorithms, find that, you know, the King's Cross is going to have the highest change. You know, the biggest profit margins, if you put a couple of... can
0: we, we need some proper media research. I want to know how many parliamentarians bought houses in the area. <laughs> in yeah, the yeah, six try. months
2: preceding
0: the wars yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that
2: would tell you well yeah. the only problem is with this conspiracy theory is it didn't actually work as well because King's Cross is still pretty gross but the surrounding area is a lot is better yeah, yeah yeah that's but for yeah sure. you're right the
0: The strip is still there right? <laughs> <laughs> the Empire is still imposing itself on that corner but the
1: Empire is gonna get closed down soon unfortunately yeah what a pity yeah
0: the community, it is <laughs> <Okay>. tight knit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the next one is just why the Star Casino wasn't included, and I don't have a conspiracy theory. Other than I just think it's bizarre that that's money. Yeah, it's it's Casino it's, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I I just think it's um interesting given what's come out recently about. Yeah, yeah 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 and they're not included in these lockouts and it they're not in the highest like most violent venues in in New South Wales because it's one must as we said before it's fucking huge (laughs) and people get fucking aggressive in there that's yeah (laughs) that's not even conspiracy that's just it's just ridiculous
0: yeah yeah because actually Marquet fits under the star as well yeah, they'd be under the same boat,
1: wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. But I think the the more interesting thing here that I'm finding as as a whole is that prior to the the lockout laws being introduced, one, you know, Sydney venues weren't necessarily the most violent in New South Wales. Like as as Jesse brought up earlier, a lot of them were country pubs, but I guess in Sydney you know, you've know, got a lot more in there. But that, that, I find that interesting that, yeah, Sydney wasn't even that more violent compared to other parts of New South Wales and if the lockout laws were to reduce violence and to increase safety for more people, why wouldn't you just blanketly do it across New South Wales? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Second interesting thing that I find about all those statistics as well is that a lot of those deaths that obviously shouldn't have happened and obviously horrible, but if you in place the lockout laws for when a lot of them occurred, technically they still would have occurred. So they're not preventing those particular incidents. So to say that those and the broader violence happening. Um,
2: Hang on. Oh no, keep going, sorry. I thought I'd stopped it.
1: To say that those, yeah, those insta- ins- instances and the violence happening through King's Cross is the justification for the lockout laws. I find that, yeah, a, a little bit odd considering the lockout laws didn't necessarily, yeah, weren't a targeted approach to reduce those problems. It was more this shock, this massive sporadic shotgun approach where you're just going to shut down all these places at one thirty and not really think about any of the other negative impacts that this is going to have It just seemed like quite a... The intention definitely was there to reduce violence across across Sydney, but I just think, yeah, looking back on it, it was obviously a very rash and obviously based on the statistics and based on the fact that it's not in place anymore. It's a stupid decision.
0: Yeah, it's pretty funny. We've spoken this long about lockout laws and we haven't talked about like the main feedback on them, which is like it destroyed. Yeah, it destroyed, <laughs> yeah. The what? art culture. Exactly. Yeah. We haven't even talked about
2: that. The, the impacts are It's <laughs> so real now. that mm. I think everyone kind of has a... feels the impacts of it. So I think it's... We kind of know, like it is known. Yeah, we can, it's more, we can yeah. talk about it. It's sure. more
0: interesting. We're try, We're really trying to understand. Like, get on the team. Team lockout. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And even uh, we're struggling to get on yeah. team lockout despite our yeah. best efforts. This doesn't make. It just
1: doesn't make sense because you you would, you would think that there are, that there would have been a lot of other means to, to attempt to reduce violence, whether it's. I mean, like this is me spitballing ideas off the top of my head, but similar to what they're doing in King's Cross now where it's extremely policed. So like, there's nothing happening in King's Cross at the moment. You would think there would be a gradual fall into what was going on. But I guess I I, I do admit that I didn't know how much of a zoo King's Cross was back in the day. But yeah, the, the other thing that I'm interested in understanding more of is that not only was King's Cross quite a violent space at the time and was a bit out of control was also the underlining fact that a lot of those nightclubs were associated with bikey gangs and really serious criminal activity and yep. the fact that the lockout laws eradicated that i'm really happy with because i find that obviously disgusting And and i think a lot of the violence that occurred that what that obviously not a lot of that would have been reported but the shootings and a lot of things that we may not be talking about right now the fact that that isn't part of king's cross i think is a is a great result yeah and i guess if we were yeah if king's cross was the same as it is now and it was still run by those by those kinds of gangs and that kind of culture was still around in king's cross yeah would 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 that be good probably probably not so there are some benefits of, of what happened for that and obviously we don't have the exact information of what was going on back then around those clubs but by destroying King's cross you destroyed a lot of that criminal activity but the the sad thing about it all was that so many venues that necessarily didn't have problems and didn't have violence issues couldn't trade past a particular time and and destroyed the culture of sydney nightlife and now we're at a point now in in 2022 where those lockout laws over time really significantly impacted negatively the the culture of city nightlife it, it's it's reduced how fun and exciting it is to to go out and the second thing is is that when COVID came in it obviously was the nail in the coffin and, and now we're at a point here in in 2022 where city nightlife is looked upon as something that's disappointing and something that isn't isn't fun by a lot of people and Mm. is laughed at by a lot of people that come from overseas to sydney and it's like what is going on here like what are all these like why is this so shit why can't i do certain things in 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 venues and why is it so restricting to go to different clubs and you know why is there no culture around having spaces where there's multiple clubs together and you know all these things have led up to the what we spoke about in the last podcast where yeah sydney nightlife is a lot of the things that have that have happened from these lockouts over time with COVID has left Sydney Nightlife in in a worse place than where it was but yeah is it is it better to have a lot of those issues that were happening in Kings Cross to have a thriving area I I don't I don't know
2: yeah it's an interesting point
0: and you can't know you can't, yeah. To so the, the cost-benefit analysis. Your opinion is often... No, it's always bias. If you're 18 to 26 and you go out, of course you disagree with the lockout laws. If you're 30 and you're over with a kid and you don't go out anymore, well, fuck. I don't give a fuck. Lockout laws were great. <laughs> the
2: The other thing too is, like, and conspiracy theories aside, when lockout laws finished, was during covid so any change in behaviour now that we see in young people could be boiled down to the COVID lockdowns. So it's yeah. like we'll never know the true efficacy of um, those those lockouts because, yeah, the, the behaviour, a the whole generation has passed. Like it's been, f- what, three years? Not a whole well, generation. I
0: think that's the bigger travesty was what happened during COVID. Yeah. Mm. In what... What places did close down? I know Retros closed down, Chinese Laundry closed down. Were there any other noteworthy ones that just couldn't fund themselves? Arc was another. Oh.
1: Yeah, Arc. They're coming back, though. They're
0: renovated yeah. at the moment. But it, just the fact, those three, off, those three off the top of my head, they're iconic venues in Sydney. Gone. That is huge. Yeah. Like, then it's the same as, like, Lockout laws, King's Cross, oh, pff, Soho, I know it's once on my head, Kidney Caboodle, the club, like all those ones closed and it was a travesty and we were so anti-lockout laws. World bar. Yeah, but when but COVID restrictions closed like three, like I just named three. It's like,
2: oh, but it was for the greater good, like. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. But
0: still shocking.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of parallels between the lockouts and the lockdowns in to what extent do we yeah as Stu, you kind of said earlier today was the restrict autonomy for the few that um you know have poor health or potential poor health in terms of death or illness or injury um yeah yeah, where's the where's the balance
0: yeah because yeah it's the same thing like covid lockdowns let's put the heads in the decision makers you're saving lives it's overall beneficial but it's a cost benefit thing and yeah if you're if you're over 60 you're all for lockdowns yeah if you're under 30 it, I was just shocked how many under 30s were pro lockdowns it actually kind of showed that people well it depends how you view it you were either brainwashed by media or you were sincerely able to think about the bigger picture which is not very common, <laughs> by, by the way. But that that's the positive interpretation is there were people who were 18 to 30 who sincerely thought about the bigger and greater picture during COVID and self-sacrificed for other people, mm. which I, I just, if that is how it happened, I find shocking because it's so unselfish. It just doesn't go with... Because you know, in the same way with lockout, with sorry, yeah, sorry, with lockout laws, it's like, well, if you're under thirty, did do people sit back and go, oh, but the greater picture? I completely get it. Drinking's a toxic thing; it causes all this violence. We should all, as a society, drink less and have you know. I, even though I enjoy drinking, I'm going to drink less because I realise that it contributes to violence. No one fucking said that. Yeah. <laughs> So it's a mini miracle yeah. that during COVID, everyone just copped it. Yeah. Just locked themselves there, any qualm.
2: And then there's protesters who disagree, and they're vermin. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think, and this is to a broader point, which connects those two things that we're saying, is I think in Australia, we place, at we give over a lot of responsibility, particularly with health to the government in like health and safety like i know in construction fields like health and safety is paramount and yeah like covid everyone giving over the responsibility of their health and safety over to the government um it's not a good thing or a bad thing i'm just saying that it's a thing yeah Um, and i think individual responsibility is something that sometimes we um is is overlooked in Australia?
0: Yeah, yeah, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah. The government have a lot of
2: control. Yeah, and we're happy we, to we obey. We're happy to give it to them. <laughs> yeah, because um, we got it good. On a um, <laughs> <We do. laughs> on a on a f- probably final note, I, I've been thinking about what would be the solution instead of the lockout laws, and this is a this is a bit of a god progressive um view i would say and it's the similar view i have on organized crime related to drugs um and that's that you know it's the it's the melbourne solution in that melbourne is open fuck all weekend you can buy alcohol at six o'clock in the morning you can do like you can buy shots for five dollars all night you can get seltzers for three dollars all night there's no restrictions on happy hour there's no restrictions on all these different things you're left to your own devices you don't even see bounces half the time it's yeah you come and go as you kind of please it's and and i don't hear of the same alcohol-fueled violence in melbourne as we do in sydney and i think that it's counterintuitive that yeah if you you know restrict 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 and hope people obey yeah i think you're treating them like kids and they act like kids whereas if it's i i don't think sydney and melbourne culturally are starkly that different i know the whole last episode was on how they are but now i'm (laughs) saying that they're not (laughs) um no
1: but the type of people there like it's it's australia like that's what i find so bizarre about all this is that how can in one city 10 hours south in the same country have just polar opposite nightlife to to what it is in sydney like how, how can it be like that and look we may have to delete this off the podcast